This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You know, it's a parent's natural instinct to want to talk to them, like, what's wrong, what's wrong? Talk to us. I think it's important for me to remember to have that same expectation of communication for myself towards the kids too. You know, the internet and social media, there's just so much information coming in. We want to teach her that she can't just physically express her frustration. That translates to love for others as well. Like Mm -hmm. her confidence in herself and her love for herself. Hey there, I'm Alyssa Blass Campbell. I'm a mom with a master's degree in early childhood education and co-creator of the Collaborative Emotion Processing Method. I'm here to walk alongside you through the messy, vulnerable parts of being humans raising other humans with deep thoughts and actionable tips. Let's dive in together. Welcome to our new limited series, Respectful Parenting in Real Life. I get to hang out with some folks and dive into what this work looks like outside of scrolling through Instagram or that picture perfect snapshot of respectful parenting. What does it look like when you drop the ball, when it's messy, when we're imperfect humans, or when our kids don't respond perfectly as we planned? Buckle up for some real stories from real humans, and I hope that you get to see glimpses of yourself or your kids in these stories to know that you definitely are not alone in this journey. And there's a village of folks walking right alongside you. All right, let's dive in. Hey everyone, today I get to hang out with Now. Now you were on the podcast, what, almost three years ago. Oh my, Right? has it been that long? (laughs) How old is Emily now? Emily's six now, so... Yeah, she's so gonna she be had, seven was, this year. Yeah, she was three, I think, when we chatted. Oh so. my gosh, isn't that bonkers? It's been a 
an absolute joy to like watch her grow up through social media (laughs) snapshots she is I I love her it's so weird to like love a human you've never met (laughs) I know I know you are you are the the biggest fan and we say lovingly stalker (laughs) she is just like lovingly very lovingly (laughs) thanks 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 (laughs) she is I love her fire like she's a fiery human she definitely has that fire (laughs) and I love it I love it and Maya I feel like I haven't like stalked as heavily but seems like such a just like really from what it seems like from the outside and you can tell me if this is not correct but it seems like a really like loving I would say maybe curious intentional human yes very intentional very yes and curious yes but she she's it's it's very interesting that I have two two girls who are so very different <laughs> but they complement each other in their own way. And Maya, um, she has that quiet fire, I think. Mm-hmm. That totally. that's not as obvious, but she's very protective of her sister and she's very emotional. She's very like empathetic. Yeah, like attuned. Yes. She's incredibly empathetic and very aware of of how other people feel. Mm-hmm. And want to always make the people around her feel good. Yeah, she's an emotionally sensitive. And she's I incredibly that. emotionally sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, I relate to that. Same. Same. I think it's a blessing, and there are parts of it that, for me, can feel overwhelming sometimes. Absolutely, like, you're you're absolutely right. Like it's 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 a blessing, mm-hmm. and we don't ever want to change that. But it but at times it it can hinder her as well. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to teach her to to protect that, but also mm-hmm. to to not let it stop her from from doing things or saying things. Yeah, yeah. like deeply loving other humans and connecting with them. And I resonate with that. And and even, you know, as our like platform and, and our community has grown, that's one of the things that's been hard for me is that I I am an emotionally sensitive human and I want to connect with everyone. And I want to get to know everyone and at about 200,000 folks, like I just can't in the same way that, you know, when I met you, it was so much, it was just a few thousand and of course, yeah, I could, I could like really get to know y'all and have these conversations and go more in depth. And I love that. And there's this part of me that like wants to be able to do that with everyone. And, and sometimes for me, it can show up as codependency of like, mm. I, I need to be able to help this other person around me feel better. And I've had to like really work hard on allowing other people to have experiences and hard things without me fixing them. Like that's mm-hmm. my biggest, that's mm-hmm. my biggest work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a challenge. Um, how old is Maya? Maya's nine. She's going to be 10 this year. Okay. One of yeah. the girls' birthdays. Maya's in June so she'll be 10 in June and then Emily will be uh seven in July okay yeah I can't believe it it's we'll have a double digit and then I don't know something about the the jump from six to seven just makes me feel like it feels different it feels older it feels a lot older like five to six wasn't that big 
-hmm. but six to seven just feels like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and for those who don't know, when you were on the podcast before we, you were on sharing your journey in birth and postpartum experience with Emily and finding out that she has Down syndrome and what that Mm -hmm. was like from your experience. And Maya does not have Down syndrome. So as we're diving into the conversation today, I'm curious to know, like, we talked a little bit about in, in your previous episode about expectations and developmental expectations and mm-hmm. how, how, what that looks like from kid to kid. And I'm curious to know when we're chatting about respectful parenting and big emotions and social emotional development, apart from them being truly just vastly different temperaments and humans, um, which we often see in siblings anyway, just across the board, it's been a cool thing about this podcast series is hearing like yeah most households kid to kid the way they respond to things is different (laughs) but are there any things that are on the forefront for you with Emily living with down syndrome being a human with down syndrome does is there anything that's like different in that sense pertinent to that for for emotional development I don't know enough I guess about down syndrome to know like is there cognitively are we looking at like, oh, there are things we shouldn't expect or can't expect at certain ages or stages that you may have expected from Maya? I'm, I'm, I, and, and like throughout, throughout our conversation, I only speak on behalf of our family. So, you know, just because a child has Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. my child with Down syndrome will act and look and behave completely differently than probably another child with Down syndrome. Like we have friends, a lot of friends, of course, um, in the Down syndrome community. And yes, there may be certain things that that they have in common, of course, just like, you know, any other neurotypical person would have something in common with somebody else. But at the same time, like they're each their own person. So when I speak about Down syndrome, I'll speak about Emily in mm-hmm. particular, um, and that doesn't necessarily apply to somebody else. Totally. That being said, for us, Emily, I think she has a pretty good awareness mm-hmm. when it comes to her own, and and this is something that's that's developed over time. So you know, now at the age of six, almost turning seven, her vocabulary has been expanding. So when she is feeling a certain way she's now able to better express that verbally Mm -hmm. sometimes for example like Maya that may be much easier for her to initiate that conversation on her own so without us having to prompt her she may Mm -hmm. tell us how she's feeling with Emily she will much more quickly physically express that frustration or that emotion and we would have to you know sit her down and say Emily we we can't understand what you're upset about unless you tell us so tell me tell me how you're feeling and tell me why you're feeling that way and that that conversation might might just take a little bit longer Mm -hmm. than our conversation with Maya but she's gradually getting to that point where where she's gaining the verbal ability to express that 
Yeah, so she's more like in her body in it. Yeah, like so it's emotion. much yeah. more quickly, it, it much more quickly comes out as, you know, whether she's crying or right. she'll walk away from us or she'll sit down and turn away from us and doesn't want to talk. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she'll start to do things to Maya out of spite like Mm -hmm. just pushing her buttons, knowing exactly what buttons to push. She might do that to antagonize Maya, those kind of things. Yeah. So it's very easy to tell that she's, she's unhappy or frustrated about something. It's just not always easy to tell what she's frustrated about. So totally. Yeah. yeah. And when, when we're looking at this, like my little guy, and and it's not true for all humans, for some folks, when you're in an emotion, for some folks, talking is helpful, right? Being able to like, with Sage, he wants to know that we understand, right? So Mm -hmm. I can turn and say like, oh man, you were eating and you dropped your fork on the ground. And that's disappointing. In our house, he will chuck it. It's not an accidental drop. Mm -hmm. And in our house, if you drop it on the ground, then we're all done with it for that meal. And I, I will use the fork or I'll use the spoon, but he's not just in our boundary is like, you're not throwing Mm -hmm. it and I'm picking it up. Mm -hmm. And, and he knows this. And then he'll go like, uh, (laughs) like, yeah, you're disappointed. That makes sense, buddy. But he wants that. Like he wants us to, talk to him in the moment and say like I get it like validate right. what he's experienced right and for other kids if you talk to them in the moment that's overloading for them right like they right. need time to calm their body does, how does that show up with the girls is it the same or different it, do they both respond to that talking or do oh so that's very that interesting because Maya is the latter hmm. when she's feeling very emotional when she's feeling overwhelmed or she feels overwhelmed with her emotions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, you know, it's a parent's natural instinct to want to talk to them. Like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Talk mm-hmm. to us. We want to make them feel better. But mm-hmm. for Maya, a lot of the times she first needs that space to, mm-hmm. to be on her own, to, you know, sit with that emotion and, and just get that space for her personal space for herself without us bombarding her being like let us try to fix it let us try to talk to you about it you know talk to us talk to us so that's been you know now that she's nine we're starting to understand that better and we're we're trying to respect that that space for her but that was a struggle for us as well you know when she first started kindergarten she would have been you know, five, four, four in Canada, in Ontario, at least they started around four, four years old. And, you know, she would have problems with friends, et cetera, et cetera. And like, like we said, she's a very emotional child, but she internalizes that emotion. So we can tell as, as mom and dad, we can tell that there's something wrong, that something happened at school maybe. And we want to immediately talk to her like did something happen this and that we're asking tons of questions and and all it does is for her to turn inwards more and more and more and more mm-hmm. and it becomes harder and harder for her to talk to us so now we're trying to give her that space and time until she can come around and you know she's had that time to think about 
her feelings on her own and it becomes a much easier conversation for both of us mm-hmm. to be able to sit and and talk about whatever it is that that's bothering her yeah she, um, needs, she needs to be with that emotion for yes her. for mm-hmm. sure and I understand that because I'm 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 that type as well mm-hmm. if something is happening if something is bothering me I don't want people to come and talk to me about it right away because that is very overwhelming for me as well. Mm-hmm. So as parents, we're, we're learning. And, and, you know, so Maya is that way. Emily, on the other hand, she wants that attention. So she is expressing her frustration mm-hmm. physically or, you know, through crying. Mm-hmm. And she wants that attention right away for us to come and say, Emily, what's wrong? Yeah. She doesn't necessarily want to talk about it, maybe, but she wants that attention immediately. So she wants that comfort immediately. She wants us to come to her immediately. We we have that conversation because we want to know what it is that's bothering her. And we want to teach her that she can't just physically express her frustration because not everybody understands what's bothering her just through the physical expressions. So we're trying to teach her, you know, Emily, tell us. You have to use your words and tell us what's bothering you and tell us what are you feeling. So sometimes she needs, we don't want to provide them with the language always because we want them to use their own language to express to us how how they're feeling. But for Emily, sometimes she needs a little bit of the, those those verbal prompts Mm-hmm. So I might give her, give like, are you, are you angry? Are you worried? Are you frustrated? Right. And then um, maybe she'll, she'll tell us, she'll choose out of those words. And then maybe we'll expand on that. Okay. You're frustrated. What happened? Did something happen to make you frustrated? Um and sometimes she she doesn't even even then she, sometimes she doesn't she doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. What helps um, her calm enough in the moment to be able to access yeah. that language? Like what helps her calm enough to even say like yeah I'm frustrated. It's so frustrating to spend the money and effort to buy your kids clothes just to have them grow out of the size within a week, or have your kids complain that they itch, pinch, or just aren't comfortable. If you're with me on this, you've got to check out Posh Peanut. Their sensitive skin-friendly clothes are made from viscose from bamboo, stretch with your kid as they grow, and they're also made to last. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, super cute clothing for kids and families. It is the softest thing, y'all. The design is all done in-house with different patterns, and it came in the mail, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to wear this for myself every day. Their luxe women's pajamas and robes were all that I wanted to wear postpartum for nursing and hanging out on the couch with Mila. It helps so much that the fabric is breathable and chemical-free, which means they're delicate against Mila's sensitive skin, too. And I totally get why Posh Peanut is loved by over 1 million parents. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code VILLAGE. Go to poshpeanut.com slash village and use promo code VILLAGE for 20% off your first order. 
That's poshpeanut.com slash village, promo code village. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. For her, well, for both of our girls, I think physical touch Mm -hmm. always helps. So Emily likes to, you know, she needs the hugs Mm -hmm. and she needs the tight hugs. So the tight hugging usually will, will help her to calm her down. Maya, now that she's older, initially she'll need that space to herself. So we let her go to her room. She'll close her door. She'll do whatever she needs to do to self-regulate herself. And then once she comes out, she, she, she's, um, she's a very huggy girl too yeah, so little the thing. physical yeah the physical hugging and 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 the you know rubbing her back things like that will help her feel more comfortable what does it look like for the girls for each of them when you know I think we talk about this on social media a lot of like here like here's what it looks like when we respond to their emotions and then they respond this way and great and like we know that so much of the time we go over and we validate and we connect and they're not ready or get out the door and we don't have time to like sit in a motion process for 20 minutes and we're going to an appointment or we're going to school or whatever. What does it look like when it is in that like raw and perfect time? What does the repair look like for each of the girls afterwards? Is it the same? Do they like to reconnect in the same way? or revisit things in the same way or is it different for them so like for example for emily our daily struggle is that she loves fashion she does okay (laughs) if you if you've seen us on social media you've seen us on instagram and the pictures you know she loves she loves to she loves fashion she's very passionate about it She's very, she likes to pick out her own clothes. She's very independent in that regard. She's not necessarily independent in all fields, but when it comes to her clothes, she loves the first thing she does in the morning before most of us are even out of bed is she she changes out of her pajamas. She will flip her room upside down, trying to like pick out her outfit for the not for the day, I, I almost said for the day, but it's not for the day. 
because outfit change number one because yes it's her <laughs> outfit of the day number one <laughs> and so it's great we want we want to we want to nurture that independence of her wanting to pick her own clothes to change independently that's a great skill like that's great life skill and we want to celebrate that and we want to nurture that but our problem becomes she wants to change all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) she wants to change all the time and you know for example I I bring the girls home for lunch during their school day oh cool so we have an hour for the girls to come home eat lunch take a little breather and then they go back to school for Emily she eats her lunch and then you know maybe she has 10 minutes left and she's in her room trying to pick out a new outfit and change her afternoon outfit yes of course (laughs) can't be seen in the same clothes in morning and afternoon god forbid like (laughs) unacceptable ah so that's a okay that's a laundry nightmare for me first of all yeah but also like I I just don't want to I mean in the grand scheme of things like it's really not that big of a deal but also I I personally just don't want to make that a habit like every time we come home we change outfits it's a lot (laughs) or sometimes she'll put on one of her like dress up dresses on top of her already she's already wearing a dress and she'll put on another dress on top of that and it's like a huge princess ball gown and she's like yep I'm ready to go back to school now and we have to have a conversation about Emily we can't go to school in this outfit or like Emily you can't change outfits every time we come home or like Emily you were already wearing another outfit 10 minutes ago can you please please put that back on and that's like a huge struggle for for me it doesn't sound like it's it's a big deal but when it happens five times a day every totally. single day it's a lot so the line between wanting to respect her independence and respect her choice but also realistically not having like 200 loads of laundry a week and right it's like where do we put the boundary yeah, the time that it takes for her to change or sometimes the outfit that she's wearing is not practical. Like you're wearing a bathing suit in January and you want to go back to school. Like, um, that's not an option. And let's talk about why that's not an option. <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, it's so good. And I can just like, like picture her in front of her full length. Oh yeah. Too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you've seen you guys have seen her wearing bathing suits in like February and be like yeah let's go <laughs> and just the amount that she loves herself in her like outfit yes and we want, to, we want to celebrate that her <laughs> yeah. her love for herself and her and and that 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 translates to love for others as well like mm-hmm. her confidence in herself and her love for herself that translates to others as well when other people are feeling a little bit down like when Maya is feeling sad or when Maya is is upset about something she is the first person that will always go to Maya and say Maya what's wrong Maya 
you need a hug. Maya, it's okay. Don't feel sad. Like oh, sweet babe. she is everybody's biggest cheerleader. And we love that about her. And we want to nurture that. And we don't, you know, mm-hmm. but like I said, coming back to the clothes issue, especially when it's like a time crunch mm-hmm. and we got to go back to school or like, we got to head out the door for a doctor's appointment. And she's like, yes, I'm ready in her I don't know ballet outfit and it's like um we gotta change and she's pissed yeah because she's like I'm ready yeah this is the outfit that I've chosen I'm good to go let's go and for us to be like no go go change your outfit sometimes it just turns into like uh we don't have time for this I'm sorry I'm just gonna take this off of you and you're going to be yeah. really mad totally. but it has to be done because we got to go to this doctor's appointment and we're going to be late totally so there's no con there's no time for that conversation to say I I I, I respect your choice totally. and I respect your your opinion however can we make like no there's no time for that and and I'm just I'm just peeling it off of her while she she very vocally tells me off right does she she respond I'm sure (laughs) does she respond well or do they help like visual aids of like the timer for when you're gonna go or does she is she like nope I don't care sometimes I'm not good at warning them like Mm -hmm. like giving them advance notice now that she's older, I'm pretty, I, I, I try my best to be like, Emily, today we have this appointment. Yeah. And then we talk about that appointment because she has so many appointments Yeah, and it helps her to know in advance who we're going to see mm-hmm. and what we'll be doing there. Um, yeah. Well, and maybe what clothes aren't. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> like swimsuits, we're not wearing the so PT now or whatever. That, yeah, exactly. Now that we're thinking about it, maybe it might be good in the future to also talk about outfit options <laughs> in that conversation. That's yeah. actually a good idea. Like to talk about outfit options and what outfits are not an option. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to the doctors today. So in terms of outfits, please no princess ball gowns. Please no bathing suits right or let's or, brainstorm together what are things that or ballet ballet costumes you know those kind mm-hmm. of things um but yeah in those in those so when when we're in a real time crunch like I'll I'll just pick something out and she might yeah. not be happy and we put it on and I usually will talk in the car with her driving and just be like Emily I know you wanted to wear you know that outfit um I'm sorry we couldn't wear that if you really want to, you can put it back on when we get home. Mm-hmm. But when we're going to the doctors in January, it's cold outside. You know, you see the snow outside. We can't wear a bathing suit in the snow because it's too cold. And we don't want you to feel cold. We don't want you to catch a cold, et cetera, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. and then we'll also talk about like, and look at your dress that you're wearing. It's beautiful. It looks so nice on you. And, and you mm-hmm. know eventually she comes around and yeah. she's the type of child that doesn't hold on to those things so she'll move on she's yeah. good she'll move on and 
But she really likes that conversation. The like acknowledgement of what happened, the feeling behind it. Yes. And the the why. And she loves to be acknowledged for the outfit that she's wearing too. (laughs) So um, when we do have a little bit more time and she's wearing something that we don't want her to be wearing, I will try to then be like, okay, Emily, you can't wear that. But what else do you want to wear? Let's try to pick something out together. Mm-hmm. So then I'm there trying to, 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 you know, gently coax her away from the options that are not. <laughs> right. Not appropriate. Right. <laughs> and, and, but still let her um, give her the autonomy to, to pick something else out. Right, right. My mom said I was 18 months old when she laid out an outfit and I said different one. Um, so I relate to Emily on this on a deep, deep level, uh, <laughs> relatable. Uh, and yeah, I think also, you know, for me, I think part of it, I'm one of five kids and mm. there was a lot that was outside of my control. Um, I think for kids in general, there's a lot that's outside of their control. And, yeah. and I think I, when you're in a family that big, like talking to someone the other day who was talking about things that their kid doesn't like to eat and I was and I literally said I was like I genuinely don't know if my mom even knew the foods that we didn't like to eat because there was no food choice but we also were low income and so like I didn't have money there wasn't going to be another meal in my house it was like you can eat this or you don't eat but there isn't another choice and we're not going to ask you what vegetable you want with dinner or whatever it's like whatever can this is what we have and this is what's going to be on the table (laughs) right and so I think in a world where I looking back like there there just wasn't a lot of choice clothing was something I had choice around right it gave Mm -hmm. me like control I could control that and I think that was empowering for me that like that was something I could control and so when I look at kids and I see them like really um I think the word we often use is like a stubborn or assertive around certain topics. I get curious about that. And maybe it's just like, oh, this was just my experience and it's not for other kids. But I wonder like, are are they trying to control something? And this feels like something they can control. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. 
I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. And do you think that comes up for Emily too? Maybe. I mean, it's definitely a way of her self-expression mm-hmm. for sure, which is why we we also try to nurture that as well. Yeah. Because it's it's her way of expressing herself. It's something that she's very passionate about. <laughs> so when we're at home and she's going through six outfits, each yeah. time she she changes her outfit. She expects that reaction from us, that acknowledgement from us. So we always, we have always made it a point to say, ooh, nice new outfit. <laughs> She's if like, do you see house, me? If it's, if it's in the house and, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's the middle of January or February, it doesn't right. matter how cold or how warm it is outside. Like if she wants to wear that in the house, we will, we will let her wear that in the house if if her room is upside down which it is every day from going through you know six to ten outfits that's fine that's fine it's her way of of expressing herself and 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 expressing her passion and we want to let her do that so there are certain things that that you know we I, I prioritize and that's definitely one of them. Like I don't like folding totally. <laughs> all the clothes at the end of the day, or I don't like doing the extra laundry, but it's something that she's so very interested in and has enthusiasm for. So yeah, it's important to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely her self-expression. Yeah. That's rad. And I think like, yeah, it's tricky and tough. I, I, so many things, but to like find like where's the boundary what are the boundaries gonna be yeah and that allow you to continue to be you and to express and to be a part of this family right to help in the cleanup or the whatever and and I was a couple years ago similarly a friend of mine had a child actually about Emily's age at the time who vary into changing of the clothes also and she got to the point where she was feeling mom was feeling really like frustrated and annoyed with the mess with the laundry and she was like this has now gotten to a place where like our uh we have a disconnect around this yeah and um so she was like she reached out and was like how can I set boundaries around it and we just worked together on what worked for them and for them it was you know, she could change a certain number of times in the morning, in the middle of the day and in the Mm -hmm. afternoon. And like, here are the, here's a bin of clothes that can be worn at home, but that are not weather appropriate for outside or whatever. And so they could like separate it, which gave her some autonomy. And when you took this off, it goes back in this bin. Um, There were certain things that they started to build into place for them. But I think it's all like, with all of these things, I even my, I can find myself like scrolling and being like, oh, should I be doing X, Y, and Z? I think it's always just looking at like, what feels right for our family, right? And like for another family hearing this might be like, oh my gosh, I, 
I couldn't do all the laundry. Like I would need different boundaries. And for you, it's like, yeah, that works for me You're in this season. And I guess also that freedom to be like, if this isn't working in six months or a year, and all of a sudden there's a disconnect in your relationship related to all the laundry or the cleaning up or the whatever, then we look at new boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I like that like flexibility of the one that we set now or in this season doesn't have to be the one for years to come. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think those boundaries always have to be fluid because, you know, in any given life stage or on any given day, those boundaries might shift a little one way or another. And yeah. I think it's it's important for us as parents to just remember that, that those boundaries aren't you know, set in stone and it's not black and white and, and life isn't black and white and parenting certainly isn't black and white. And we gotta, we gotta be a little, a, a little flexible. Yeah. I think it's been a hard thing for folks COVID wise to like allow themselves as parents to allow like, yeah, the rules in this season look different, right? Like yeah. maybe we're eating more mac and cheese for dinner, or maybe we're watching more screens or maybe exactly. yeah. it's because it's a part of this season Yeah, that like there are other things that that's going to help us thrive as a family or even just survive some days as a family yeah. and yeah. that that's okay. You know, that grace to have flexibility. And I think Mm -hmm. the key with that is acknowledging it to kids. So it doesn't feel like there are no boundaries or that they're constantly changing, but rather like, you know what, everyone in the house is feeling kind of sick today. And sometimes when we feel sick, it's really hard to clean up our toys throughout the day. I get that. I'll help you do this today when normally it's their own job or maybe we're going to watch a movie that we don't normally Mm -hmm. do in the middle of the day but acknowledging that to kids and and validating that and it can be a helpful part of this yeah I think us I think well I don't I can't speak for everybody but for me like throughout the like parent as parents we're always busy and we it's it's always faster to just do Mm -hmm. than than to to talk about it yeah, totally. And we forget how important that talk is. Mm-hmm. Just just like how we as parents can't understand everything that our kids are thinking or feeling without the language. I think we tend to forget that it's the same way for the kids too. Mm-hmm. So instead of just doing because it's faster, yeah, I think it's important for me to remember to have that same expectation of communication for myself towards the kids too, so that they understand what we're doing or what we're feeling and just reminding ourselves to have that dialogue with them. Yeah. I think for me, that's a huge part of like what respectful parenting means, just like treating them with respect, with the respect of like, yeah, I will communicate with you. That's a part of respectful relationships in my mind. Like, I don't expect my husband to read my mind. Would I love for him to look around the house and see the same things that I see? Sure. Is it always going to happen? No. And there are definitely times where I'm like, I don't want to have to say, will you do the dishes and the laundry Mm -hmm. during this nap? I just want you to see it. And if I just wait and see if you do and you don't and it doesn't get done, then I move through the day with 
resentment and anger and frustration, <laughs> right? And like part of, for me, part of being in respectful relationships is that communication component. And we were, we did a, a little staycation getaway weekend a few months ago with a family that were in the same pod and they have a two and a half year old. Mm -hmm. And at one point we were sitting down at the table and eating and I was sitting next to the two and a half year old. And she did some things that was like, for me, it was like nonverbal communication. And she was starting to like push some boundaries. And I could tell she was curious about something. And I validated that curiosity and asked her if she wanted to explore something with my support. And one of her moms was like, oh, you know what I've noticed? She was like, you talk so much to her like so much mm. more than I realized and I was like yeah I think so often we go through the motions throughout the day right and like we do this when they're young when they're babies where we will just like talk not expecting them to respond yes, right like yes. I'm gonna change your diaper we're gonna get ready to go to the park whatever yeah. and I think sometimes as they get older we do less of that and yeah. I, th I think it's something that actually is still pretty crucial that a lot happens in our brains that we don't say out loud necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think for me, that's a, that's a huge part of respectful parenting is that respectful communication. Um, not just like saying things in a respectful way, but I'm going to say something at all that like it has go been going on in my head. I'm going to communicate it. Yeah. What, just as we get ready to wrap up here, what do you feel like is lacking in the respectful parenting world and like communication, I guess, like in social media and out there in the world, like, what do you feel like is missing? I don't know. I guess just touching on the same thing that I was talking about just now about, you know, reminding myself to communicate. I think there's like in this day and age with, you know, the internet and social media, there's just so much information coming in. Mm -hmm. whether that's good or bad and we get so bombarded with the influx of information that we tend to forget <clears throat> to carve out time for self-reflection mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so we're so busy seeing things that other people are doing whether it's parenting or whatever else you know on social media and we get caught up in you know oh somebody is doing this or somebody's doing that or you know look how that person is doing that thing and we forget to reflect on what we're doing in our own life in our own world and how that affects us ourselves or how that affects the people around us um whether that's positive or negative yeah and so you know we always talk about oh you know i need to stop spending so much time on 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 the internet or on instagram looking at other people's lives and i think it's way harder to actually do yeah. what we're saying <laughs> like totally. to actually put down our phone and actually look inwards into ourselves and our own life and how what our relationship looks like with our spouse or our kids 
Yeah. Well, it's so easy to enter the comparison, right? And like, yes, absolutely. So easy. And yeah, I, I feel it so much. Actually, I was listening to an interview the other day with Brene Brown and she said she's working with a new business coach that asked her a question that was really powerful for her. And it stuck with me. He asked her, what do you want to be held accountable to Mm -hmm. and or accountable for? And I, and for her, she was like, I sat with that. You know, she's at a point in her career where she has all these opportunities. And she was like, I sat with it and realized like, I want to be held accountable for being home for dinner with my family, not missing a lacrosse game of my child. And like, when I really think about like, where do I want to be accountable? It's in those areas right now. And that might change in a different season, but with a kid still in my household and not at college and et cetera, like that's what I want to be held accountable to. And was, it was really helpful for me in a season of like, I think in becoming a parent comparison increased for sure, but also like being a working mom, right? That like, I used to have a million more hours a day to pour into work. And Mm -hmm. now if I'm pouring into work, anytime I'm saying yes to anything, I'm saying no to something else, right? So if I'm saying yes to things at work, I'm saying no to home time or me time or partner time or whatever. And it's, I don't think that there's a balance. I don't believe that it's a balance. I feel like it's a constant kind of juggle of like, yes, what balls need me at this time. And, you know, just yesterday we had a scenario where it was, it was a day where there were a number of things outside of my immediate family unit that were a higher priority than my immediate family unit. And it was an, and in last month when Sage was sick, that was switched where Sage came first and family came first. And that's what needed me most in that season. And there were things I had to table or say no to in order to show up there. Right. And I, I think when we're in that comparison space and we're looking outward, what we don't see is that juggle for everybody else. Right. That Mm -hmm. like, in order to have that certain meal on the table every day or that craft or that way of engaging with their children or whatever, they're saying no to other things. And maybe those are things that you don't want to say no to, or you don't have the privilege to say no to, or a, or maybe there are other like supports in their life that you don't have access to, whatever. There's so much that we don't see, but what we do is we compare our messy insides to their like curated, perfected outsides yeah. Yeah. in that snapshot. And we don't know their messy backstory. Mm-hmm. And I've worked at this point with thousands of families and I haven't met a single family without messiness it, it, it throughout the day to day. Like there we all have it and we all have different messiness, right? Like yeah. different things that for us are the hardships and I think that's the biggest challenge of comparison is that we don't know what they're saying no to or what they're trying to juggle or what they're wrestling with. Yeah. We only see what we're juggling. And then when we see somebody else excelling or choosing to carry, to juggle that one ball and hold Mm -hmm. that ball up right now, we're like, oh, should I be doing that? And man, yeah. Oh gosh, I feel it so much. And I, I think that's so true that like, there's an, there's so much time looking outward and not enough time looking in to say, actually, I, I'm doing a pretty good job of juggling all the things right now. You know, like I got all these things, got all of this. At one point I was in a therapy session and she was like, 
all right, just offload everything, all the things in your brain. And so I was writing it all down. And then we put it into categories, like what fell into house stuff, what fell into job, what fell into kid, what fell into partner, what fell into family, friends, me, whatever. And looking at it and was like, I can't do all of those all the time at 100%. And so it's always going to ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And allowing that ebb and flow to yeah. exist is a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much now for sharing. Thank you. Today and for that. Now I'm going to be I'm going to be in reflection mode around that today. <laughs> uh, and thank you for sharing your sweet, incredible thank little you, gals. Thank you. You're slaying it, mama. Oh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I but, think most of us don't. <laughs> but thank you for the recognition. I, I appreciate it. And you're always such a cheerleader for, for everybody Thanks. and for us and for Emily, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see what she's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> let's see it. Emily, oh my God. what do you have yeah. on? Hey, Ems. Look at her in her ballet outfit. Oh, looking fancy, ready for dancing. Oh, okay. You don't want to be. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You don't fine. want to be on camera. That's space. fine. Fresh new haircuts over there. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was another thing that was very emotional for the girls. Mm. So it was, <laughs> it was difficult, especially for Maya, because she's very emotionally attached to her hair. So mm. getting a haircut was, was a big deal for her. Mm. Sweet. Oh, yes, I, I feel her so in all of her feelings. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for thank you, thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the transcript at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community over on Instagram hanging out every day with more free content? Come join us at seed.and.so S-E-W. Take a screenshot of you tuning in, share it on the gram, and tag seed.and.so to let me know your key takeaway. If you're digging this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We love collaborating with you to raise emotionally intelligent humans. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. 
you're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking it with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.